Hey friends, Andy Jenkins back at the Hilltop. I am going to continue this week where we left off last week. By the way, if you can hear the chimes in the background or if you feel like you hear this ringing bell in your ear, that's that's the wind chime. So uh, Beth decided, I guess she didn't decide when we moved in here, that or when, when she moved in. So I was here first, then we got married, and then she moved in. And so she brought you know, these new habits, most of them really, in fact, all of them really good. And this new, uh, new, new stuff, that, that's really how you would say it. One of the new stuffs that she brought was this love of wind chimes that she actually shares with my mom. So now we've got, I'm looking up at the top of the deck, maybe one, two, three up there. Right outside of the window here at the tiny house, there's this bridge that connects the tiny house to the real house. Three, um, kind of a medium large and extra large chimes. That's what you're hearing. So anyway, we, we've been talking about emotional health, soul health, uh, feelings, processing all of that. Last week I invited you to go to the show notes and take advantage of the free yes, no, emotional wholeness checklist, self-check test. It's gonna give you great content to just let you know, just assess, hey, where am I? Is there stuff that I need to handle? Is there junk in the trunk? Is there baggage? And I would say this, there probably is. You don't make it to your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s without some stuff to deal with. In fact, I remember I'm looking outside right now on the back patio where we've got the fire pit and I had a cookout back several months ago with several veterans that were over here from a Warrior Hope uh, class that we had where we really talk about finding healing from the past and then dealing with it and then walking in your next mission. And one of the conversations I had with a guy that had had PTSD, self-identified, hey, I've, I've got this, I'm dealing with this. He and I are talking and he said, when I, when I started dealing with it in the, in the course of that study, the Warrior Hope study, he said, I realized this, that the biggest issues of PTSD I had weren't from war, they were from my childhood. And it, and it really made me think about all of that on a different level that do we face traumatic events when we're adults? Yes, are all of them causes of big trauma? Some are, some aren't. But the cumulative effect of all of the pain that you've dealt with, things large and small, it can just eventually take a toll if you don't deal with it. So, Adam, you're back. Man, Let's talk a little bit about that. Like, pick, pick it up. We, we talked about your story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you left out in the last episode, we, we left Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego on the edge of the fire. They made it out of the fiery furnace. Their situation changed for the good. Uh-huh. Uh, you said Jesus would meet you in the fiery furnace. We often think that means situation changes to exactly what we had before, just a cleaned up, tidied up version of it. Right. Um, that I'm, I'm going to tell you, that didn't happen for me. Now, mm -hmm. I, I love where I am now. Right. Me too. I thoroughly enjoy the life that I have yes. now. Things are now better than they have ever been historically ever. That doesn't. I don't say that to negate the past pain. I don't say that to belittle anyone or any situation. But I say that, and at the same time, say 
Jesus did not fix the situation that I was in in the way I thought he would fix it or the way I thought he should fix it. Right, right. And I think the goal for all of that is just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their their situation uh, was fixed. And let's just say ours still was going south. Um, The whole point of that is that Jesus, like we invite Jesus into this process with us, not just in the beginning, but throughout the entire process where he can teach us how to heal. Well, he took me out of the fiery furnace and then threw me in a dumpster fire. Threw you in a dumpster or, fire. Or, you know, yeah. or a, yeah. you know, you used the analogy. Yeah. Like, I feel like I was tossed from one, and I'm yeah, saying one, that. one to another. Yeah, because I am I know there are people that are listening that are going, you know, they, they hear that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego story. Yeah. They, they heard it in church growing up, and they're like, oh, Jesus fixes it all. Yeah. Maybe not. Or yeah. maybe it's a, maybe there's shades of gray. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you are you, you're absolutely right because you know, and that's the whole that's the whole idea behind wanting the situation to change. We become so obsessed with wanting the situation to change that we miss what God is wanting to do in the moment and in the meantime. And so when things go from bad to worse, I'll say it like this, the chapters in the book, I don't look at them as a step by step where first feel it and then invite Jesus and everything's going to be okay that it's layers not steps and so you're constantly choosing to feel it yeah does that make sense yeah i read you're your constantly, story you're constantly going through this process not knowing what's going to happen but knowing that jesus is with you and you're going to go through stuff with or without jesus it's just better with jesus well i remember my friend les he told me when i was going through you know a divorce he said here's here's your focus right now and at the time, I did not know I was going through a divorce. I was adamantly told, you know, by the other party, I was not going through a divorce until, you know, I got served with papers. You know, okay, surprise. He told me this. Through that whole year process where I am really in no man's land, things are flipped upside down. He said, spend your time right now focusing on Jesus. And he said it that it wasn't flippant when he said it. Sometimes people can say things right. like that. That sounds like a shellac Bible verse on the wall that you see. It's shiny, pretty. Yeah. It's not a great Christian saying. Yeah. Put it on a coffee mug. You know. Put it as a uh-huh. quote in a calendar. Move on. He didn't say it like that. Like these were in long, drawn out conversations. Focus on Jesus. Focus on the kids. Right. Those are the only two things that you're guaranteed on the other side of this. Whether she comes on board or not. I don't know. And, and, and it required a good friend to really tell me that. Yeah. So yeah. The, the, there are only certain variables you can control in the midst of a traumatic situation. Right, right. And that's the that that's really, you know, if you move into like, um, I mean, you really just named chapter two, chapter three, and chapter four all together. Because the first thing we need to understand is it's going to cause, like, for the people out there and, like, for you where it's, where it's like, wow, I went from one fire to a dumpster fire, and it got worse, and then it got, like, not seven times hotter, 14 times hotter. The closer you're getting to Christ, like, the, man, I was more in tune during that season with the Lord, I think, than any other time. Yeah. Well, Psalm 34, 18 And things are getting alive. worse the whole time. <laughs> right, right. Well, Psalms 34, 18 comes alive when he says that he's close to the brokenhearted, if you're hurting and you're listening to this, I want you to know God is so attracted to you. He's attracted to broken hearts. 
and and he's drawn to broken hearts and it's almost like you get to see a different a different side of him or just the, the a nature of God that you don't oftentimes experience unless you're in your deepest darkest pain and and when you go from one fire to the other it begs you to ask the question why why me why my family why my kids why my spouse why did I have to lose them or what if and we always live life dictated by questions that honestly and I say this with the most love that I can that we may not ever get any concrete answers to this side of heaven this side of eternity instead of and I call it emotional ADHD uh, in the book because I'm, I'm very distracted the thoughts in my mind can be louder than the words coming out of your mouth yeah. uh, sometimes I'm always just kind of playing a movie and always thinking and and um, I, I get distracted by things. And um, instead of being distracted by the questions, pay attention to what God is actually wanting to do in you. Because there's development happening in your disaster right now. It may not feel like it. It may seem like things are going from bad to worse, but there there's development happening on the inside of you that never would have happened had you not invited Jesus into the process. And so, going into that, like I said, you talked about two, three, and four. Uh, you had a friend. You had a friend, and one of the most crucial things that we can do in pain is not not just feel it, not just pay attention to what God is doing, but we've got to have the right voices in our life. Like it, it is so crucial to have the right voices in our life, the right people, the right friends, because you can have voices. And believe it or not, when you go through devastation or tragedy, everybody has their two cents to put into your life. And most of the time, it's worth about two cents. Most of the time, it's worth about two cents, and it's also people speaking to you through their undealt with pain. That makes great sense right there. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so they will end up feeding a beast inside of you that God is trying to kill, and God is trying to heal. They may end up feeding the bitterness and feeding the resentment and creating hopelessness. And the right voices in your life will lead to, just like Les gave you that word, it leads to the right choices. The right choices because there's decisions you have to make. And honestly, when we go through pain, and maybe we've seen other people experience stuff, but when it hits us personally, we don't know what to do. And there's got to be counsel wise counsel people in our lives that love Jesus, love us, and love the people who hurt us. That's the right voices. Yeah. They may not have to be their best friend, but they see them through okay, the Okay, so they love Jesus. Jesus. They love you. You and they love the people that hurt you. And they may both not both sides. To, they may not yeah. yes. They may not have to be best friends with them, yeah. but they can see them through the lens that Jesus does. Because in the reality is Jesus loves our offender as much as he loves us. That's true. Well, and the reality is, like, I mean, you know, if you step back from that for just a second, in, you know, my situation, I wasn't perfect. I caused a lot of the chaos. Mm -hmm. And even though I didn't make the ultimate choices of being believer, man, there are other people that I've hurt in the past that that I walked out on, like in other, not the same scenario, but in other scenarios, like. Right. So we all we all look and we're in our situation and go, well, they did this to me. Yeah. You know, and and when you say, well, Jesus loves them and forgives them, like there's almost this offense that wants to go up and you go, what? But yeah. then you go, wait, hey, in other situations you've been Absolutely. We've we've all been the 
victim for what I think it's okay to say victim. The reality is, you know, social media is really ripe with sound bites that sound true, but they don't have substance. And people go, well, you're not the victim. You're not the victim. The reality is sometimes you are. Mm -hmm. Now, you don't get to stay as the victim and, and live in that victim mentality. But sometimes part of the healing process is owning like, hey, this was wrong. This wrong right. was done to me. Okay, because you got to define it. Now, let me forgive them. Let me... Yeah. And the reality is sometimes you've been the offender and you've caused victims. Absolutely. Jesus loves and forgives and heals all around. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, it, and it, do you have a question? No, you keep on. Because I interrupted you and you were talking about no, you no, need no. a voice that loves Jesus, that loves you, and loves the offender. Yeah. And just like all with that offended of wall that goes up that you were talking about, I just, I, I believe because people are genuinely... Um, done, uh, treated wrong, treated badly. They have been hurt and they have maybe been victimized. But we don't have to take identity in that because the yeah. moment I refuse to take responsibility for what I can control, then I'm a victim. And a lot, there's a lot of people that will spend the rest of their lives looking at the current state of their life. And I've been there where my life would not look like this if they had not made that decision. Right. And that's the automatic go-to, but in the middle of And pain, there's some truth to that. There is. Absolutely I mean, like, there's so some you, truth you to gotta it. you got to own that to yeah. be able to move forward. Yeah, yeah. Go, hey, okay. A hundred percent, there's truth to that. I just can't stay there. It's just not the end of the story. It's, it's like, not. you got to put a comma and then continue the Yeah, sentence. a comma, not a period. I like that. And, and now I've got to take responsibility for what's in front of me. What can I do with what's in front of me right now? And if I che and what's going on on the inside of me because I can't control. I love what Pastor Chris says. He says, I, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control what happens in you. And so I can let my pain on me and allow everybody and every relationship and everything in my future to be dictated by the one pain in my past. Yeah. Or I can own my pain for a season and be free in my future. Okay? To where I'm not looking through a lens of pain. I don't have my gloves up. I'm not making you pay for what my friend did to me back here. I'm not making my new business partner pay for what my old business partner did. I'm not making my second marriage pay for what my old marriage did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you said that in the previous one. Like you can feel the pain now. Yeah. And deal with it. Or you can feel it and it can every day in your be, future and always be part of this. It's going to be part of the story either way. Yeah. But you can learn from it and move forward healed, or you can... You can speak to it. You can, you can speak about it like right now from a redemptive place. Yeah. From a place of where God, he did not cause this. He allowed it, but he does not waste it. And that's what he... He's the redeemer well, of all things. That's the name of the book, isn't it? Pain Not Wasted? Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Yeah, title. Yes. And, so, uh, and so with that... Um, God takes, I mean, it's, it's, it's Romans 8 where he causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And that word everything, it means in the Greek, everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was like, a pastor joke. Like, like <laughs> everything. And that's where we, where we look at, yeah. we look at it and we don't realize like God, God will literally take the worst of situations and if we allow him to and we begin to heal his way, he can take it and he can turn it around and redeem it 
and use it for something that will lead to the salvation of many. You meant to harm me, but God meant it for the good. That's Genesis. That yeah, 50, 50 Joseph story. Yeah, 50, yeah. I, I was reading one of the things that I did when I was processing all of my stuff was for that. During that year, man, when I was walking it out, I had this journal. And I was, you know, I, I write a lot. Uh, obviously books and things like that and video courses. But I, I was handwriting really a lot of my story and just undoing the layers. And I handwrote it because it, so it would take time. And so I could really process through it. A lot of that found its way into the Soul Wholeness book. Uh-huh. So, so some of it is just for me. Some of it maybe come out in the future. But but in that, as I'm really reading and studying, and you know, I've got scripture, and I've got you know my journal. I'm getting up every morning and writing for several hours a day, and, and that worked because I, I had a business that we were working from home. Mm-hmm. I understand a lot of people don't have that that time bandwidth that, that I had and that margin. But I came across this great quote from Saint Augustine, and, and Saint Augustine. You know, was one of the guys that wrote the Confessions. You mm-hmm. know, the City of God. Some some of you guys that that are listening, you're familiar with him on a theological level. He was a pastor in the 300s ish in Rome, really well known for being brilliant, but also making things very common sense and practical. And he said that verse Romans eight twenty eight. If it if it really says that God works all things together for the good. It means that he works all things that have happened to you, but it also means that he even uses your sin and the things that you've done wrong and takes those and somehow turns those situations into to the good. Yeah. And, and I know people would go, well, if you say that you know, on a podcast or if you say that from a stage, people are going to use it as a license to go just mess around. Mm-hmm. I've never met a broken person who says, oh, I'm going to use that to mess around. They, yeah. they take it as like, oh, I screwed up. I'm walking in guilt. I'm walking in shame. God can't use me. God can't fix this because it's my fault. Yeah. But St. Augustine said, Paul says in Romans 8.28, all things, he'll even take the stuff that you cost and That's transform it. That's so good. It's so good. It's it's uh it's you know for people that are listening that are dealing with shame, the one page that you want to rip out of your story is like the one page that's, that's going to make the biggest difference. Yeah, that's it, it, it. Your purpose could be found in that. You never know who is who's going to be on the other side. That it, it, it's the one thing that just robs us and and destroys us as far as shame goes. That uh, can can become a platform. Uh, for you to really impact lives because there's so many people walking in shame and have made a mess of things that they have no clue what to do and they feel they hear that lie like God can never use me well and and, and just to be clear there are people who will tell you that you're disqualified oh yeah yeah so <laughs> did you get that me personally yeah uh not man I had such a good I'm sure people said that yeah who may have not known me or the story and were just watching from the outside. Yeah. But I had I was so surrounded by such an amazing group of people, the right voices. You were tuning into the right voices. That I was tuning into it. Yeah. And not even to myself because I was telling myself things like that. And uh, just to 
just just a note to self when you're hurting or when you've messed up you are your worst counselor you are a lot of times we listen to ourselves and we conjure up or we'll take what a counselor says and and twist it to make it work and uh we become our worst voice we become our worst counselor uh in that but uh, I'm sure people had said that there were there were all kinds of crazy rumors out there that um, just didn't even they were a million miles away from anything uh, uh, anything even close to what had happened. But um, especially in a small town, people talk. But um, that there is that saying out there that hey, you are unqualified, you are unqualified. And I just think that man, Jesus just uses the most um i tell people every sunday um who give their lives to jesus and they say man i you know i feel like i don't belong here you may feel like man everybody here is on a on a different level than me and i said i want to tell you a secret everybody in this room right now including me is incredibly jacked up (laughs) right every single one of us and we all need jesus that's what makes jesus so good that's what makes the gospel the good news is because we i need him every single day of my life but yeah man shame shame is a liar and and honestly going uh to pain there are people who are walking in shame today because they were not on the receiving end of pain they were on the they caused it yeah they caused it and i i would say that the exact same um i honestly thought about doing a second project called shame not wasted because I believe the same truth applies. We got your iPhone. You can start the same truth. I can, yeah. You start banging it out yeah. another book of those. Yeah, yeah, another book. My book, by the way, is about the size of a of a chapter of your book. I, I read this. <laughs> I read, well, I have pictures in mine. You don't have any pictures in here. I, I yeah. This what is this? Fifty four, fifty five. It's like fifty six pages. Yeah, yeah. It's a quick. Yeah, you can read it fast. It's a quick read. And I really, um, honestly, did it on purpose because of people like me. And then um, also, uh, I wanted it to be short because I know that um, uh, men, men in general, uh, can struggle diving into something to something large, to a large book or to a large uh, anything. And so, like when I give this to them, um, you know, I, I tell them, "Hey, it's quick, easy read," and and um, and it's going to make a significant difference if it's applied. Information's not missing. Application. Yeah, is application's missing. the big thing. Okay, so here's I want, I want to I want to kind of end with this, and then we're going to come back and get very practical in the next next talk. We were we were discussing the idea that sometimes Jesus doesn't fix the situation, or he doesn't he doesn't fix it in the way that you thought it would. Mm-hmm. We often think that a restoration looks like a return to what you had. Right. I remember. During you know my season, you know people were directing me to the book of Job. You know everybody thinks Job's this great story of restoration and redemption. So I read it like I take a really close look at it. I, I include this in a chapter in, in my book because I read it and then I reread it and I'm like, oh, whoa, oh, oh. In the beginning of the story, Job loses everything. He meets God. In the story, his friends are blaming him. You know, everybody's like, "You've got the secret sin." Yeah, he didn't. Sometimes we do, and that's what caused it. He didn't have that. Even if you had a secret sin, Jesus will forgive it. He's already forgiven it. You get to the end of the story, 
And that's where everybody goes, well, at the end of the story, Job has twice as much money as he had before. His family's larger. He's got more kids. He's got... But then you read it closer and you go, wait, all those kids at the end of the story aren't the kids he had at the beginning of the story. Mm -hmm. All those kids died in a storm. All the servants and close business partners that he has at the end of the story aren't the same business partners. They all died. Uh, They were raided by Sabians and invaders and killed. And all of the livestock and cattle and the riches he has at the end of the story... It's not like God just multiplied his wealth. He had lost everything. Right. So he had to rebuild it all. Um, even his wife, we don't, we don't know. His wife at the beginning of the story couldn't stand the fact that he was alive and breathing. Mm-hmm. Is what She was repulsed at the sound of his voice. Yeah. So it might be her at the end. It, it might not be. We don't, we don't, we don't know. My, my point is... It's not necessarily a story of redemption in the way we often think that he gets back double for his trouble. I've seen that. I've heard that. God's going to give you double for the trouble. It's not the same double. Right. Like on the other side, he's living a new story. You're living a new story. I'm living a new story. That doesn't negate the loss of the past. It doesn't negate the pain of the past. Restoration doesn't look like, sometimes it does doesn't look like always a return to what you had. Right. You say right here in the book, page 50, uh, the literal meaning of the word Gethsemane is defined as oil press. The Garden of Gethsemane is where Jesus went. He prayed the night before he was betrayed, falsely tried, executed. Gethsemane is where he prayed and he sweat blood. Um... The olive press applies pressure to produce oil. The pressure we endure in our pain produces anointing. So oil in the Bible is this imagery of the Holy Spirit coming upon you. Take, take that where you want to, and then we'll crash land this, and we'll come back and get real practical in the next. You know, Jesus was—the geography is so important because Jesus was under his greatest pressure in the place of pressure. And you see in an olive press, the more pressure that's applied, the more olive paste is created. And just like you were talking about with the Holy Spirit being, being uh, representing the anointing where he comes upon you. And there is a, there's a place where in your, in your pain, in the worst amount of pressure that you've ever experienced, that can give birth to your greatest anointing. Okay, and so that can become a platform because now, you know, before I could talk to people who had been through divorce, I could talk to people, um, you know, who had been through uh, similar situations, but now I have this substance that is on my life now that I can speak directly to it and I can tell them what... I literally can tell them, hey, you're probably thinking this. And they say, yeah. And Bible people have told you this, well-intended, right. but it sounded stupid. Right. But it was well-intended. So yeah. like they, yeah. Well-intended, just yeah. like I was before. Yeah. But man, there, there's something about when you go through whatever it is, and it could be a job loss, the loss of a loved one. It could be uh, struggling to have children. It could be anything 
when we allow Jesus to begin to work healing in our lives and begin to completely redeem this thing out of that great pressure and pain, it's not wasted. It can produce a great anointing on your life that honestly, the anointing breaks the yoke. It can break the yoke off of other people's lives. It can break the strongholds and the assignments of the enemy because the enemy, uh, I mean, it, it, it is unbelievable how the enemy uses pain because he gets people to uh, question God and to question others and to question themselves. That, that That's what it is. I mean, it, it hurts. And those relations. are the voices that you said you need. Is it the voice hurts. of God? Well, think about what Jesus said. Love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so he can use pain to be a direct attack against that to where we begin to get angry at God, we begin to get angry at others, and we begin to get angry at ourselves as well, depending on the situation. And so the enemy's he doesn't have any new tricks, but when we allow ourselves, it's, it's honestly healing is the opposite of everything you want to do. And when you do this, when you do this, there's an anointing that comes upon your life that it's this, I call it the substance. There's substance that you have that you didn't have before where you can speak directly to and lead people into healing and freedom that you wouldn't have been able to before. It's almost like if it never would have happened. You never would have got that gain. I never would have gotten it. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's some things that can only be acquired going through a trial. Right. Some things can only be acquired through the pain. Some things yeah. you can only get that you you can't grab hold of any other way. There's nothing like somebody pouring into me about a situation that they have been through. That is this that they have at one time been through that I'm currently in, yeah. and they've come out of, and they're better on the other side of it and not bitter. And speaking, th- yeah, sp- speaking from a place of healness and wholeness rather yeah. than, okay, so here's what we're going to do. I, I'm going to shut it down right now because we're, we're nudging up to the end of time. I'm going to sign off. We're going to come back next episode and we're going to talk very practically about, I've got a, I've got a quote I want to launch from, from Adam's book and then talk very practically about what, what does it look like in his story now and just practically what, what can you do? So first episode really of this, we talked about he's going to meet you in the pain. This one we've said, hey, the restoration may not look like a return to what you had. And the next one, we're going to talk about what that next step actually in the story, in the end of chapter, really uh, might entail for you. Uh, go to the show notes below. Take advantage. There is a link to his book. I would encourage you to grab hold of that. How much is this book on Amazon? Like it's not... It's it's not it's a not, lot. I think it's actually cheaper on Walmart. Uh, on Walmart, you can get this at Walmart.com. Walmart and Target, Barnes and Noble. Man, you can like heavy hitter. The I know the publishers put it on everything, but sometimes it's it, it can actually. It, I mean, it's inexpensive. All right, I so we're going like we're going to put it. Bucks. We're going to put the links where you can grab hold of all of that. I'm going to put a link down below where you can take the free emotional wholeness checklist. Ten questions, yes, no. It'll give you real time feedback, tailor made to you. When you do that, I'm also going to put a link to the Soul Wholeness audiobook. You can listen while you drive. Uh, hey, I'm going to sign off. My prayer is that the Lord would bless you, that he would keep you. He'd be gracious and shine his face of intense favor upon you. That right now, that you would hear the right voices that lead you to the right choices. That those of you who are struggling in the midst 
right now, instead of having that period that this is the end of the story, that you would just put the little tell on that, make a comma. Even if you don't know how the sentence is gonna go from here, you would know that there is more for you. Grace and peace. I'll see you soon.